I'm Randy. And I'm Claire. And you're listening to Killer Vibes, a true crime podcast. Okay, so we last left off with sort of a sad burial of this woman who was discovered in Provincetown, Massachusetts. Um, and they have to bury her without her name. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I hate it when you do that. <laughs> Okay, friends. So as we've mentioned before, the lights went out again. The lights go out all the time in the recording studio because they're motion activated, and it's a Saturday, and no one's here. And Randy always has this like moment where she looks at me with these ginormous eyes, like there's a murderer outside, and I hate it so much because it freaks me out. I just want you to be aware that the lights aren't on. Thank you. I appreciate. It's so scary. Okay. Anyway, so we buried this woman. We don't know who she is. We don't know who killed her, but she died in a very brutal way. So after several years, the police began to speculate that the lady was actually a convicted criminal named Rory Jean Kissinger. And I pulled all of this info from a Boston Globe article, so I quote them quite often when oh, I'm describing this. Oh, the Boston this. Globe. Hmm, weird. I love the Boston Globe. What? Okay. So Kissinger was 24. She had been arrested in 1973 for robbery and assault in Plymouth County, but she had actually escaped from Plymouth County Jail while she was awaiting for her trial to happen. So it's really funny how she escaped. Someone like slipped her a hacksaw blade and awaited for her to climb down the window using sheets, like te- mm-hmm. like sheets that were like tied together, right? <laughs> like some sort of like old timey movie style climbing down, like prison escape stories. Like, stories, yeah, like that one guy that climbed on like the wire over the prison uh-huh. and then dropped down. It's so cool. Anyway. Have you seen Cool Hand Luke? No. That's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> Add it to the list. Add it to the list. <laughs> um, so she, she climbed down from the window and then someone drove away with her. So there you go. Um, she was known as a really heavy drug user and she just completely disappeared from the radar. So who knows what really happened to this woman? So when Provincetown police learned about Kissinger's physical characteristics, they suspected that she actually might be the lady of the dunes. So I have a picture of her and I'll pull her up really quick. So this is what Kissinger looks like. She's oh, a lovely shut young up. woman. That looks exactly I like know, oh my I know. I know. I know. She looks very much like the composite sketches. It is scarily accurate. The nose. I know. And the eyes. I know. Isn't it weird? That's basically it. Yeah, but exactly. Those two are so accurate. Yeah, it's it's odd. So the body actually was exhumed after they started to follow this lead so that they could extract blood samples and then use the skull to sort of like re-sculpt the victim's face again. So all of those composite sketches that I talked about before were created periodically throughout the years that this case has been open. And one of them, and I don't know which one of them it was, but one of them was created when it was exhumed for the first time in um, 1980 when this um, lead was being followed. So the blood tests proved inconclusive, but the bust that they actually created was very similar to Kissinger's Mm. face. Now, I don't know if they had told the person who was creating Mm -hmm. the composite that they were trying to look for this specific 
woman and it might be her. So there's a level of like... That could have altered yeah, it. Yeah, it could have influenced the way that the composite was created. I don't know. Um, I would really hope that that's not the case because there's a level of like, you know, integrity that you have to uphold when you're creating evidence like this so that it isn't influenced by outside factors and you can just work from the actual physical evidence that is provided. But I don't know. So police, however, were unable to get confirmation after sending photos of the bust nationwide, nor could they figure out where to start checking dental records for the victim. Um, So... Again, they couldn't really compare anything to Kissinger because they didn't have any of that information. Um, So in 1998, years later, almost 18 years later, um, two sergeants, Sergeants Nagel and Paul White, located Kissinger's mother in a western state. They didn't really say which state, and I'm sure that's for her own protection, and persuaded her to sort of give a saliva sample so they could compare the DNA that they had from this body Mm -hmm. of the Lady of the Dunes and match it. So they were unable to properly... So they have her DNA. Right, but they were unable to extract DNA from the skull to prove heredity. That's what I was going to say. It was like, do they... How did they get... Okay. Yeah, so they actually didn't get enough So they can't use... Ancestry DNA testing. No. I was just thinking of that when I mentioned Michelle McNamara's book earlier. I was mm-hmm. like, what if this could be one of those cases that they solve with genetic testing? Exactly. But no. No. Okay. At least not in 1980. So on March 23rd, 2000, the body was re-exhumed so that samples of the marrow and other bones could be extracted for a type of DNA matching that could prove or disprove that the mother and daughter were related. So... This is bone marrow DNA that they didn't, like, conduct back in the 1980s. And then as technology progressed, they re-exhumed the body. This is, like, one of the only cases in Massachusetts where the body has have to be exhumed <laughs> twice. Why don't they just l- leave it out? I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, <laughs> give it a room. Stop burying it. Yeah. Put it in a box. You're going to need it again. <laughs> exactly. It's just, yeah. But yeah, Leave they, it in a morgue. Right. So the DNA did not match Kissinger's mother, so it, she was ruled well, out as a victim. Exactly, she looks exactly like her. I know it's really weird, and it's unfortunate that we couldn't put like an end to all of this. But that also leads down the rabbit hole of like what happened to Rory <laughs> I was Kissinger. That. Well, I was thinking <laughs> um, earlier when you were explaining that she was a drug addict and just disappeared. Right, that happens to so many people because a lot of serial killers and just murderers in general yeah. target women who are drug users, women mm-hmm. who are sex workers that no one will care about if they go missing or right. who go missing frequently or her who are so in- heavily involved with law enforcement that detectives will be wary to take their missing person cases. Exactly. Because people like that go missing all the time, like mm-hmm. you said. Like they're just going to say, oh, she's like on a bender. Yeah. She's not or, actually missing. Right. Or they they could just be dead in a ditch somewhere. Yeah. She overdosed. Yeah. Somewhere. We're not going to go look for her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's unfortunate, but we may never know what happened to Rory Kissinger. And I don't know anything about her or what's happening with her case either. So there you go. Um, Another theory was provided by Sandra Lee, who is a crime writer, and she stated that the lady was an illegal immigrant from Ireland who was brought over by none other than the mob. 
the Irish mob. Um, a mob boss named Whitey Bulger uh, was named as the killer by Lee due to the crime scene's uncanny resemblance to the killing, uh, to another killing committed by Bulger. In this killing, the woman also had her hands removed and her teeth pulled. Her name was Deborah Hussey, unfortunate name. <laughs> And her body was also left in a marshy area similar to uh, the dunes mm-hmm. where um, this woman was found. And this it's other in Massachusetts. Woman. Exactly. And Whitey Bolter was in Boston. He was in Boston, yeah. So Whitey was a part of the Irish mob. And with Lee pushing the lead, uh, police have been looking into Whitey's past and the connections to this case. So just a little bit of background on Whitey. His real name was James. Um, And he was the leader of the Winter Hill Gang. In fact, Bulger, who had a past as a gay-for-pay male hustler, was a regular at a popular LGBTQ hangout, The Crown and Anchor, and has been linked to a woman with a similar description, the one that I just described to Debbie, um, to the Lady of the Dunes. There was also a size 10 shoe imprint found at the scene. And that's the same size as Bulger, which... Tons of Tons have of men of have the size 10 but, shoe. So it's not super convincing, but at the same time, yeah. there's another piece of evidence that's interesting. So like I said, Bulger hung out at this club called The Crown mm-hmm. and Anchor. And if you remember from the first part when I was describing the crime scene, um, the lady was laying on top of a beach towel. It was a green beach towel. And on that towel was the insignia for The Crown and <gasps> Anchor Club. I know. Whoa. I know. So Why isn't there a movie about this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why more people don't talk about this there case. There is a TV show. What was it called again? We uh, looked it up. When... Evidence. Haunting Evidence. <laughs> Haunting Evidence, yes. So if you want to learn more about this case in a very dramatic fashion where you can look at a visual. It's not great. I no. remember it. Uh, that's because <laughs> Forensic best. Files is the best. It's interesting, though. But yeah. anyways, more anyway. about this movie-esque so, exactly. connection. So... Lee is a really strong voice when it comes to this theory. Sandra Lee, the crime writer. Yeah. So she believes that the Lady of the Dunes was involved in prostitution and immigrated to Boston from a foreign country, possibly Ireland, like I said. She mostly claims that it's from Ireland due to the actual physical descriptions of the woman. Um, And like I said before, she had red hair. Um, It kind of speculates whether she had green or brown eyes. She had paler skin. And in a lot of the actual composites, don't look at me like that because I just (laughs) described myself. (laughs) Well, you're Irish. Yes, I'm I'm also very Irish. I have red hair and brown eyes. You also have a thin nose. I do have a... Is it you? No. (laughs) No, and I'm not related to this woman. I don't never see her in my life. That you know of. Um... <laughs> right. Maybe they should be testing my DNA. They should. Because as the only redhead in the entire United States, <laughs> clearly I you have a connection. <laughs> clearly. Um, you should though submit your DNA. <laughs> That'd be interesting. To these sites. Well, I, I want to get my I want to do the ancestry.com. I think that would be cool. It's interesting. I don't think that they can pull I don't think that ancestry.com though is one of the sites that they can, can extract because it has police. to be a public site. Yeah. But I think, I don't know. But there is a lot of people who are like, hell no, I'm not giving my DNA to anyone, mm-hmm. which is fair in the I mean, current I climate. Have, yeah, right. I wouldn't have a huge problem giving away my DNA. I've never done anything stupid in my life. So Yeah, but you're also but, probably never going to be framed for anything. No, or never. You're definitely not. not that demographic. No. 
Who knows? Maybe. Anyway, I don't know. Right. Maybe I could solve this murder. I'll just need to submit my DNA to Ancestry.com. <laughs> what are you doing? Let's go do that Let's right, right now. now. What are we doing here? Okay. Um, so here's a quote from Sandra. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. When I just feel like I need to say that in that accent. Anyway. So, uh, and I quote, Whitey was into human trafficking as much as he was into drugs and money. When people would come over from Ireland, Whitey's clan would intercept the women who fit the bill, and they would end up in a house in Southie, which I'm assuming mm-hmm. is South, South Boston, Boston. Um, where they were groomed for human trafficking. So, again, Whitey is no, like, he's just not a good person. So when no, he he's was, no joke. No, he's horrible. So when he was... He was 84 when he was captured in Santa Monica, California in 2011. After more than 16 years on the run, he actually had to flee Boston in 1995 because he was charged with participating in 19 murders, as well as for a slew of other horrific crimes, including drugs, human trafficking, Mm -hmm. and all these things. So Stephen, the rifleman, Flemmy, who was a part of the mob as well, testified in federal court in 2013 that Bulger had lured Deborah, who I talked about before, to South to a South Boston home in 1985, the same home that we just heard Sandra talking about. Flemmy claimed that Bulger strangled her. And then last November, Bulger was sentenced not yeah, no, not last November. Last November in 2014. So 2014, November. <laughs> Sorry, I pulled this from a website and it was published in 2014. So Bulger was sentenced to two consecutive life terms in prison. Um, So he actually recently passed away. Um, Randy told me this like 10 minutes before we started. And um, he was after serving part of his two life sentences, but he never alluded. No, he was killed. He was killed? I mm-hmm. thought he died. How well, he did die. Well, yeah. <laughs> I thought he died from natural causes. Tell me about how he was killed. I know nothing about Whitey Bulger, um, except for what I found. Well, he was this terrible person in prison, and that's we knew that. usually yep. what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty positive. He was murdered in prison. We're going to look at it. I want to confirm it. But also, I wanted to tell you that there's a book called Black Mass and a movie that came out about the book that... Johnny Depp stars as Whitey Bulger, and it's awesome, and you should go watch it. Um, Hang on. I want to see if he was killed, because I'm pretty sure that's what I read. Okay. Okay, we paused. I looked it up. (laughs) I made Claire watch the trailer for Black Mass. The movie, yes. Um, So sources are kind of vague about how he was killed, but they are all saying he was killed in prison. So Cool. So we do know that he was killed recently. Mm-hmm. And we may never know if he actually killed this woman that was found on the dunes because he never really alluded to the fact that he had killed anyone in Provincetown in 1974. I feel like he would take, like, I feel like once he was convicted and in jail that he would yeah, just he would say he did. Yeah, he take credit for it. Yeah. Yeah, again, I don't know much about Whitey Bulger. I don't know how narcissistic he was. From the trailer I just watched, he seemed <laughs> like a very violent, prone guy, but... Anyway, he was a kingpin, so, so yeah, right, kinda, exactly, exactly. A little violent. So, just a little interesting fact at why the crime author Sandra Lee is so fascinated in this case. She actually stumbled upon the body as well. Really? Yeah, in addition to the 13-year-old girl. So Sandra was only nine when this happened, and she came forward later in life saying that she also stumbled upon the body on the same day, but she was so terrified to go to the police because her father was friends with Whitey Bulger, and they camped only about 
a few feet away from where the body was found. Oh my god! I know. And this is just getting yeah, more crazy. I know. And Whitey would come over all the time, so much so that Sandra called her called him Uncle Jimmy, like he was a part of their family. Which I was like, oh my god. <laughs> What's it like to have a mobster in your... You have a mobster in I your do. family. <laughs> what is that like? Well, I don't know them. <laughs> right. Um, on my dad's side, so my dad's dad's parents were in the Dixie Mafia, which is like a southern gang yep. in Mississippi. And they died. And it is it is um, speculated that their murder-suicide was actually just a murder and dun, covered dun, up as a murder-suicide. But... Fascinating. I know. If anyone's like a mobster fan fan or expert. Yeah, hit us up. <laughs> I was going to say in reference to this crime writer. So I guess I have a little bit different thought about it now that you said that. But before I was going to say this is incredibly brave of her to essentially be saying all these things about Whitey Bulger when he mm-hmm. was still alive and right. being super critical of him. I would be too afraid to do that. But knowing that she knows him is a little different. Yeah, exactly. So they were really close with Whitey. Yeah, and like he I just, can't murder her. No. Everyone would know. There's a code to the mob. Yeah, you can't no. murder your friend's daughters. No. So, yeah. So there you go. So that's that's the Whitey connection. So there's another theory about her identity specifically. And it's really interesting, and it is brought to us by the son of Stephen King, Joe Hill. Is this real? Are you? I'm not crazy. No, oh this my is, god! No, this is real. This is real. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay, so I'm not allowed to cause it's so hard not to do it. I try. No, you so hard. can. I just have to click the. I have to click marker so that I can bleep it out <laughs> bleep later. Out. If anyway. you're wondering why I only bleep Claire's cuss words, <laughs> it's because Claire uses more vulgar cuss words than I do. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I, feel, I was realizing that when I was editing the other day. I was like, people are going to think that I only bleep Claire. <laughs> but it's just because it, this goes on the radio, too. So we have to bleep the words that you can't say on the radio. Exactly. Just so, so there you know. know. So the theory is really interesting. It doesn't solve the case by any means. It just simply shows that the woman might have appeared in a major motion picture. What? Yeah. She may have been an extra... On a tell on a movie, an extra. Yeah, this is getting so creepy. <laughs> I know, but I want you to guess the movie. Guess the movie. Yeah, I want you to guess the Dude. movie. No, no. <laughs> Randy's dad was an extra on Dune, and for some reason, because it's Dune, it's clearly connected to the lady well, of that's the why, Dunes. That's why I always remember this case. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So extra on a movie. Can you mm-hmm. give me hints? I love guessing. Oh I know. God, it's yes, so I can fun. give you hints. Okay. okay. So the movie is a very popular movie from the 1970s. It has many a remake. Um, it is one of this director's most popular debut films. It sort of cemented his career. Um, he would go on to create a whole bunch of sci-fi based films that would be really interesting. And he would take a lot of cool um, creative steps to create his movies. There's a lot of bike riding. Oh, E.T.? No. Oh. But <laughs> it was like bikes. Yeah. Aliens. But who directed that movie? Who directed E.T.? Steven Spielberg. Oh, so it's um, it's a Steven Spielberg um, film. Hang on. It's going to come to me in a second. Um, 
What's in the first a word? Beach town. I know what it is. What's the first it's word? It's only one word. <laughs> it's only one word. Beach town. I know what you're talking. I don't know what it's called. Jaws. Jaws. Okay. <laughs> that, no, that's not what I was thinking of. Who were you? That's <laughs> not what I was thinking, thinking of. of. Um, the Goonies. No, it's um, it doesn't have. It's not. Oh, like, that's not a. Is that a? Is that a Spielberg? I think he produced that. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't think he directed it. What am I thinking of? It's like another Steven Spielberg sci-fi-ish movie. I'll look it up later. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. So it wasn't Jaws. <laughs> I did not guess that. So she was no. an extra in Jaws. Yes. So uh, according to Joe Hill, she was an extra in the movie Jaws. So the wait, movie... who's Joe Hill? I forgot. Stephen uh, Stephen King's son. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah. So they actually they just came out with a book called The Outsider, and it looks really good. I've heard good things about it. They co-authored it. The two new- of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he also writes scary movies scary books he does that um and he has a blog and he released in 2015 a statement that he claims to have found the the identity of this woman and that she is in jaws as an extra but the weird thing is is that they still don't know her name like she's just in the film according to joe hill how does he know that well she i'll show you a picture of the extra okay she looks a lot like the composite okay, show sketches. Me, show me. Okay. So, and she get, she's also wearing a blue bandana and what could be Wrangler jeans. Mm, okay. Yeah. So here she is. I feel like I can't see good enough to say that that's definitively her. Right. And this is, I a, mean, it this looks is like a her, bad but... quality picture that I have found. Does he um, know her or something? No. So he was just watching the film and the similarities. So he had read the book, The Skeleton Crew, which is a book that focuses on unsolved cases and how they were solved by amateur sleuths. And the Lady of the Dunes is one of the pinnacle cases in the book. And so he had read this book. And then he went and watched like a 40th anniversary screening of Jaws. And while he was there, he saw this woman in the show and he was like, oh, my God, the similarities are there. The blue bandana and the Wranglers is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little weird. Now, there he does go further into the blog post and say there are more people wearing bandanas in the shot and the jeans may or may not be Wranglers, but the actual facial facial similarities are there. And you can kind of see it in her face. She has that like stronger chin and a thinner nose. So it's really interesting to compare the two. So then why don't we know? Okay, if this is her, let's get a list of those extras. Like, let's get it together. I feel like that's not too hard. Right. Well, I'm glad you said that. So in 1974, they didn't keep an accurate list of all of the extras on the film. Of course not. No. (laughs) So the movie was released in 1975, but it was filmed in Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts in the summer of 1974. In Massachusetts. Yeah. So it was filmed about less than three hours away from where the body was found. The same year. Yeah. The same year. The same summer. So... It's yeah, if the movie filmed in June and then she was found in July. Wow. Okay, that is I know. weird. I know. It's a pretty weird coincidence. How did he see that? I don't know. That was my thing. I was like, how did I'm you questioning pick her him out? Now. Why did you Right, that, right. That's like, weird. How would you have been thinking about that while watching Jaws? Like, 
I wouldn't have and been. I would never about notice that. an extra in that movie. There's no. a giant freaking shark eating people. Right. Exactly. And I think, um, Joe says that he was he had just read this book, and that's like the biggest case they talk about in there. Mm-hmm. And he had seen the composite, the re- most recent one from 2010, and he just it was like. It would just hit him full force. He was like, oh, my God. And he said, like, during the rest of the movie, he sort of, like, got it out of his head. But then later, yeah, later he, like, couldn't stop thinking about it. So he watched it again and found her and then wrote this whole thing about it. So anyway, the time. so random. I know. And the timestamps are what make me creeped out a little bit mm-hmm. just because it happened exactly when this woman was there. Like, oh, Lord. And it's I feel just like freaky. The being an extra in a movie, being filmed in Massachusetts, and the mob connection, like, just prominent-ish people. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. they knew each other. Maybe, I don't know, like an after party or something like that. Right, right, right. Exactly. <gasps> it's crazy. So weird. Okay. Right. So Hill told the Washington Post, uh, quote, there are people alive today who were in that shot in Jaws and know they're in that shot. Two astonishing things happened on Cape Cod in the summer of 1974. One is that Steven Spielberg filmed Jaws, and the other is that someone murdered this woman in the dunes outside Provincetown and got away with it. Anything that stirs people's memories could potentially be productive. So... While the theories has holes in it, it would be really interesting to think that after all of these years for searching for this woman, she has been in the public year, the public eye for years, mm-hmm. just hiding in plain sight. So with that, we're going to end wow. part two. My mind is blown. Okay. <laughs> so listen to part three as we wrap up the rest of this case and we talk a little bit more about it and we'll finish up season two. Okay. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye.